Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 152 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. And Joe, uh, we are continuing our team previews this week, and we are getting closer and closer to the season, less than a month away. Uh, I'm so excited, and we are getting even closer to Overwatch 2 beta releasing uh, and us getting to see exactly what it looks like, see people play it. Uh, and maybe if we're lucky enough, Joe, we'll get to play it ourselves. Uh, but uh, we're here previewing uh, the the fifth season of Overwatch League, the 2022 season. Um, later today in the show, we will be continuing our preview, this time with Philadelphia Fusion, Paris Eternal, and Toronto Defiant. We're getting to the good teams eventually. These, are, these were some pretty good teams last year, Joe. You know, I'm excited to see what they do again this year. Uh, Paris, is, Paris especially surprised, you know. Yeah, and it's just going to get uh, more and more in that direction, too, as we go. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Uh, before we get into those previews, though, we don't have much news, but we do have a couple pieces of news. Luckily, we, we only had one piece of news, Joe, until uh, we got this other uh, this Overwatch League talent announcement like a couple hours ago. So we're happy about that. Uh, but the first piece of news is actually a pretty big piece of news, uh, especially since we already previewed, previewed this team, the London Spitfire, um, with this player in mind. Uh, but yeah, the London Spire, Spitfire announced that they would be dropping uh, Provide, uh, who was set to play support for the London Spitfire. Uh, this is a player who has had controversy surround him previously for saying slurs and for overall being... Not the best guy. I mean, he, he had to get vouchers at the beginning of uh, this when London picked him up from people saying he's a changed man. But uh, while he may be a changed man, more of his past has been digged, dug up here this past week uh, where he has been uh, accused of grooming a minor with some pretty, uh, pretty. Uh, yeah, he's been accused. And I believe it's probably true based off the DMs we have been seeing here. Uh, from Provide, uh, so yeah, it's it doesn't look good for Provide. London took some swift action, uh, in some people's eyes, not swift enough, uh, because they did take a couple days there after after it had been revealed, and they have uh, dropped Provide. So yeah, London will no longer have Provide. Uh, it, it might just end up being a better move in the in the future here joe to get that controversy away from your team in general but they will be needing to pick up a replacement um because they don't have they only have one support now so that they, they need another one uh but yeah, yeah and i mean that's on? uh definitely the right call as far as that goes yeah. it's uh not uh you, you know is this one of those situations like if i had a nickel uh for every time there was a a signed Overwatch League player with some sort of, uh, you know, sexual misconduct um, <laughs> yeah. scandal, and have like four or five nickels. Mm. It's which, sickening. Which is too many nickels. Like that's yeah. There should be zero. <laughs> you should have zero nickels, Joe. Let's be honest. Like that's that's just sickening. How many? Yeah. How, how that's how this just keeps happening. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't so you know, good on London. That's I mean, that's the right call to make. Um, and, and yeah, we'll, we'll see. You know, where the roster shakes out from there. But yeah, what a what a you know sort of uh, well, no uh, no aviation pun intended. But you know, what a what a cloud to <laughs> to hang over the roster as far as 
uh, the beginning of the season goes. Yeah, definitely. Being a part of the Boston Uprising organization and having these things happen in the past, then twice, obviously, at this point. Like, I'll, from, I wasn't even the person who was supposed to pick up, pick up players, and it was stressful for me as just a video person. Like, it's it does a lot to your organization when you have to panic and sort of find someone here. Um, and you're going to be behind in scrims here while you try to find that person uh, because you're just not going to have one part of the team or you're going to be trying people out in these scrims while you should be focusing on building that team up. And, I mean, we'll see how this affects both me and Joe's thoughts because I think I, I Joe wasn't as positive as me. I was a little more positive and thought they could compete this year. Um, but we'll see how that how how this ends up affecting where London ends up in the power rankings, which is just going to be, I think, super devastating, uh, depending on who they pick up, obviously, as well. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, but hopefully shouldn't affect them too much. They still have some time before the season to build. And they have the season itself. It's a longer season this year, too. So, you know, if the first stage doesn't go well for London, like, no big deal. You can keep on you know, working hard to build that team together, much like they did last year, where they looked much better in the second half. Um, but yeah, that was big news, uh, or big drop, unfortunately, for London. Um, hoping we get some more pickup news here soon, Joe, because we still have some very incomplete teams. That That's just another incomplete team alongside like New York and Los Angeles Valley, and I think are the two other big ones. So hopefully we get some more pickups soon. Um, but yeah, we got we got our talent announcement. I think I mentioned this on an episode or two back that we hopefully would be getting this soon, and we we finally got it. Um, and yeah, it's this confirmed. No Bren sideshow, and the other person left out was ZP. But we got some exciting new faces in here. The desk completely the same. So we cussed to reinforce Danny, uh, Uber, Mister X returning. We've got a new pairing uh, in the West. So the two Western or NA caster duos are going to be Uber, Mr. X. And now the second one is going to be Jaws and Necra. Um, I actually don't, I, I haven't seen Necra ever cast Overwatch, but I have seen Necra cast uh, Teamfight Tactics, which is a game that I like to watch on Twitch a bunch. Um, and I like her. So. That's a new pairing we will be getting in NA, kind of replacing that Brennan Sideshow pairing. Um, and then over in the East, we get three pairings. I imagine just to make sure that um, they don't mess up uh, everyone's sleep schedule an extreme amount. Uh, we get three pairings this time around. We get Achilles and Avril teaming up this time. We get a legendary contenders duo finally getting brought up here to Overwatch League in Lemon, Kiwi, and Leg Day. Uh, we get Vicky Kitty returning, uh, who was there last year, obviously, and then Trid joining her and that duo right there. Um, I'm excited to see these pairs, Joe. I, um, I, of course, excited to have Uber Mr. X back, and I'm so sad that Brennan Sideshow are gone because they're uh, they were two of my favorite casters last year. And then ZP, who has been just an OG guy in the Silverwatch scene, it's devastating that he did not get uh, another contract. He didn't get re-signed for this year because my God, is he! He's just one of the OGs, and he's great. Uh, but these, all these pairings are exciting to me. I'm excited to see these new faces, especially Lemon Kiwi and Leg Day, who I think have been um, kicking ass in the contender scene for a while, to be honest. So what, what are your thoughts on the talent announcement, Joe? 
Yeah, it's definitely good to have uh, a solidified, you know, more than anything. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's uh, definitely something we've been waiting on, so that's good. Um, and yeah, it's unfortunate to to have the confirmation now of, of not having um, a brand inside show in, in, in particular, but yeah, there were some of the other uh, faces that we've enjoyed, um, you know, from, from seasons past. I'm a little surprised looking at... Um, what they have come out with, um, you know, it's good that they have the uh, the uh, uh, Eastern region uh, covered as well as they do, uh, you know, with three different uh, cast pairs. But I'm a little surprised. Uh, I'm, I'm noting with surprise um, that they only have two pairs uh, for the West, <laughs> where they have like, you know, three or four games a day for three or four days a week, um, uh, with just two pairs rotating. Which I, I'm sure, you know, it'll be. Uh, manageable, but it'll be, it'll be a lot of work for him for sure. Um, I think that's 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 notable as far as that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but but yeah, looking forward to seeing yes, lots of these new faces, um, many of whom have um, you know obviously a lot of background in uh, contenders casting and stuff. Even if you're not um, directly familiar with them through the Overwatch League itself. Um, uh, but but yeah, it's, we're definitely ready to to. Or, you know, it's good that they know now, um, and we know that they're they're ready to jump into things when the when the time comes. Yeah, definitely. I, I think even though we're we're going to be missing those people, as we've mentioned, or I think they definitely had a great strategy as of recent. I feel like the first years they sort of picked up people who you know I think ended up being great, like Semler, but someone like Crumbs, who I think came from League of Legends as a player, I, I don't think he fit Owl well at all uh, on the desk. So I think at the beginning they were kind of going for like a lot of people who maybe had esports talent experience, but not Overwatch experience. I, I really like, they've once again gone with the strategy of like, yeah, we just go for that contenders caster talent, the best contenders casters, and bring them up to the big leagues, which is the way to do it by far, because I look at all these people, they all... Um, all the new ones, at least, like they know Overwatch, they love Overwatch, so um, that, that's always a good sign, uh, for sure. Uh, great to see all these people back. Also, I see that they have uh, Achilles listed as a Sojourn main. Uh, <laughs> they, have, they have little brief bios for for all the talent on the Overwatch League website, um, and under under heroes, it just says Sojourn. So <laughs> nice. Um, so that's something. Yeah. That's great. Um, oh yeah, I should also mention uh, because I guess this this was someone who casted last year who's out there, Doa, who I also like Doa a lot. Uh, yeah. We'll miss him as well. But uh, yeah, Doa's not joining Overwatch League. He's he's doing a bunch of other stuff. So I think he's good over there as well. Uh, but yeah, th- that's the talent. Excited to see him in action. Uh, should be fun. All right, uh, that's all we got for the news today, so let's just move right in to our team previews, Joe. Uh, Let's start uh, over in the East this time with our Asia team. We are previewing today, and it is the Philadelphia Fusion, uh, Joe's uh, favorite team. He's a big fan of the Fusion. Oh, yeah, Uh, it's too bad we're running in. Too bad we're running into them so soon. Yeah, for sure. Um, Definitely not... You know, not the season Fusion fans would have wanted last year, especially after 
you know, a really fantastic 2020 season, probably the best few. Well, I mean, it's debatable, right? I think the best regular season fusion was 2020 for sure. But obviously they went to the championship before back in the first year. So I think there'd be debate on which team's better for the fusion. But overall, that fusion team in 2020, very consistent. 2021, not as consistent for sure, which is just sad to say overall as a fusion fan especially when they kept a lot of the same talent, kept a lot of the same players, and just visa issues, so many different outside issues affecting this team, um, which alongside just the entire league getting much better, especially those East teams like the Chengdu Hunters, who had their best year yet by far last year, uh, just making it overall harder for the Philadelphia Fusion to be competing uh, in that region. So, yeah, last year, the Philadelphia Fusion, uh, let me find their standings. They finished 10 and 6, which is obviously still great. Um, they finished fourth in the regular season in Asia, and they finished ninth overall in the league standings. Um, and this year, uh, I think they're going to be hoping to do the same. But as far as roster moves made, they decided to, you know, get rid of most of that talent they had. Of course, they had unfortunate uh, passing of alarm which is you know gonna hurt this team so much and it would have helped a ton to still have them uh, but they also lost a lot of other talent um to to other teams as well like this is i, I look at this fusion past the former player sections on liquipedia i don't i rarely see it this filled up with new teams for these new players they had talented players um like hoppa eql funny astro all those people who are now on new teams of course um, and Shockwave, all that. But they've kept Carpe, of course. They had him on that long contract still. I believe this might be his last year on that contract, or this year or next year is his last year. So we'll see if they keep yeah, him Yeah, I think they were that. saying it was a five-year contract. Okay, okay. Yeah, so they still got him on that long-term contract. So, of course, they're keeping Carpe. Uh, but they have picked up some really cool uh, Korean talent as far as DPSs go in MN3 and Zest. Um, and then... Uh, they have Fury returning to the Philadelphia Fusion here. Very exciting. If you if you don't remember, that was his second team he's been on. So he went London, Philly, Washington, and now back to Philly again. Uh, he's he's working as their solo tank this year. Uh, if there's no more pickups, and then you have Aim God returning to the league again this year after uh, not as impressive stint on the Washington Justice here, but. Obviously, he was very impressive in his first couple years on the Uprising. And then Fixa, who was on the Uprising Academy, joining Amgod in that support line. All right, Joe, as we do with this team preview, we're going to start off um, with players to watch. Joe, out of those six players I just named, who are you uh, most looking forward to to watch on the Fusion this year? Oh, yeah, it's it's a great question. Um, And I think... Uh, I, my 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 gut answer is to go here with Fury. Um, number one, yeah, like you said, he's, he's you know coming back to the team that that uh, uh, treated him pretty well, I would say, uh, <laughs> back in the the season he played. Um, uh, coming back there, but not only that, but to to come back and be uh, a, a real anchor point in the way that I think this tank role really will be. Um, um, an anchor point in the way that I think that the tank role really is going to end up being uh, here this season. Um, uh, yeah, so I, so I want to see how how he uh, slots into everything. 
uh, again, you know, back into the the fresh uh, uh, the fresh team and the fresh scene. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think that's that's a fantastic player to look at. I think he's still like he's not. He's one of the old older players here in this league, uh, and one of like the most. He's been he's just been there for so long, but he's still as good as he was when he was on the London Spitfire Championship team. Like he is still so good, and was still one of the best parts of that Washington roster last year that struggled at times. So. I'm very excited, and I don't like. This is the one team that has one tank where I'm like, I kind of don't blame you. You have Fury, who is like, I think he's like one of the top guys I would have to solo tank this year. Like, I, I really, I trust him. But my player to watch, uh, I, well, I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with two because I'm gonna go with the the young rookie duo of MN3 and Zest, who are being hyped up as like the best DPS duo from Korean contenders on T1 this past year in 2021. Uh, and the Philadelphia Fusion just grabbed them both. They said, we're not going to split you up. We are grabbing you both. Um, and yeah, a lot of a lot of people who I don't watch Korean contenders, I watch a little bit, but the people who do uh, are hyping these people, these two up to be, you know, they, they might they might just ignore Carpe. They're that good. They might just say these two have that um, that built-in synergy already. Um, we might just throw them out there. Uh, who knows? Throw them in three and Zets together. Um, I don't think they'll completely ignore Carpe ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that people are hyping these two up. So I'm I'm watching them. I'm gonna see. I, I want to know. Can, are they that good? Um, all right, but let's move on to what we talk about next which is uh team performance do we think this team is is good enough to do better than they did last year as i mentioned before fourth in asia out of eight teams this time we got a smaller region um in seven uh ten and six was their record which is you know it's good but it obviously didn't live up to that 2020 season do they get back to those 2020 heights with this team joe or uh, do you think they're sort of stuck in this in this loop? Do, they, do you think they do the same thing? Or are they a bit worse? Yeah, I think that's... Uh, obviously, that's the, the good question here we've got to think about. Um, because, yeah, maybe it's just my, my team bias and all this kind of stuff, but uh, I do feel like uh, last season was, was a little underperforming, uh, you know, based on... Uh, where they expected to be, and a lot of that, you, you know, originated. Um, you, you know, at first it was easy to blame um, roster issues and people not being able to to be all physically together. Um, but then, you know, as the season wore uh, further and further on, it, it became less and less of a valid excuse in some ways. But um, but again, with a, with a refreshed roster, with um, a, a relatively young roster in some ways again thinking about the DPS line in particular um, I, I think that's um, this can be can be good because I mean you get the you get the ability to really um, uh, you, you know build up from the ground kind of situation um, uh, in terms of uh, building synergies and building you know strategies and all this kind of stuff Um uh, so, so I think that that's positive there. Again, it's uh, it's the same issue we talked about um, 
in the East in past episodes, you know, with with one less team, it's going to be harder to um, harder to to make your mark, and to be, it's going to be more competitive uh, among the teams that remain. But uh, hopefully, uh, and you know, I think it's the possibility is definitely there. Yeah, for for Philly to to maintain where they were for sure, and and hopefully, you know, be stepped um, right up there to that to that top tier, uh, to that top tier, I should say. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'd, I'd love to see this team step up again. It's fun when the fusion are good. Uh, I, I think I'll, I think they'll probably be about the same. To be honest, I, I think Emin Three and Zest are really gonna have to step up. I think Aim God is really gonna have to step up to how he used to be. That's my biggest hole on this roster, is Aim God, because if he's performing how he has been, which has been pretty medio- mediocre recently. I don't think the fusion could step up to be to back into the tier they used to be in. Um, and plus, you got as we mentioned with these teams below, like Hangzhou and Guangzhou. I think they both improved over this off season and are going to be more competitive with Philly this off or this season. So, yeah, it might be tougher for Philly to hold that four spot with those two teams getting better and getting better coaching staffs and stuff like that. So. I'm a little scared for Philly. I think this, like, I could see this going wrong. I could see this not going well. Uh, I hope it doesn't because I like the fusion, but we'll, we'll see what happens with this team. Um, all right, let's give them an overall offseason grade here, Joe. As I mentioned, their moves were uh, basically gutting the entire team, getting rid of Hot by EQL, Funny Astro, Poco, uh, Rascal, Toby, and Shockwave, all gone. Uh, and then they kept Carpe, added Emmett 3 Zest, Fury, Aim God, Fixa. Um, I guess it's worth mentioning they did get a, uh, as far as coaching, we haven't talked about it yet. They did get a new assistant coach in Chara, who I believe used to play, right, for maybe Guangzhou? Yeah. So for, yeah, that would be my guess. Uh, and then they got Jin, who uh, has been a coach for a while, was a coach for the Charge at one point, Guangzhou as well. Uh, so, like I see it, he has experience with Chara. Um, and then a coach for T1 as of recent, who it, it is worth mentioning uh, that, as I mentioned before, is where MN3 and Zest were from. So he was their coach. Uh, Joe, what do you think about this uh, this offseason for the Fusion? Give me a grade for the, for their offseason. Yeah, I think you, you started talking about, uh, talking about gutting the roster, and that definitely hurts... Uh, as far as that goes, because like we talked about, it's, it's lots of um, not only lots of good players, but lots of uh, uh, valuable players. Clearly, that other uh, teams are really uh, uh, you know taking advantage of the free agency and all this kind of stuff. Uh, um, yeah, definitely more more streamlined of a roster. Uh, we were talking just before the show started. You know, we're looking at minimum uh, uh, minimum player count uh, at this point and all this kind of stuff. Um, but I, I think considering um, considering all those factors, um, they they definitely aren't uh, doing terrible with, with what they got. I don't think. Uh, I, I'm definitely with you. I think Fury is one of the um, one of the most uh, uh, flexible, and in particular, one of the the best off tank looking uh, players in the league right now. Uh, as you know, it seems like a lot of teams are. Are leading into that sort of off tank main tank kind of, um, or off tank solo tank I should say uh, kind of setup. Um, the, the, the strength is there, uh, the experience of Aim God to to supplements uh, alongside a Fixa, um, 
I think they're they're making the right steps, uh, even if it's not to um, uh, the magnitude uh, maybe that that the rosters had in the past. Uh, but you know, there's there's something to be said for for trying maybe a simpler approach. Um, although you know that could be my my bias talking again. But as far as as far as an offseason great, because that was the question. Uh, I think they, I think they'll get a solid B. I think, um, as far as that goes, again, it's it's obviously been a tough off season for, uh, you know, regardless of anything else. But, um, um, but yeah, they're they're accommodating well. I think. Yeah, definitely. I, I, as I'm not, I'm not fully behind their decision to gut the roster. I think they definitely could have kept some of these players because I think a lot of them were still good. Um, Maybe someone like Shockwave, Funny Astro, for for sure, uh, could have kept him. But yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. But I will say, once they decided to do that, I think they did a very good job as far as deciding who to pick up. You have a lot of young players here who I do think, you know, are as exciting as some of the young players Fusion have had in the past, bringing up players like Alarm and Funny Astro and bringing them to this league and getting us all excited about that young talent you know uh that would philly fusion is just one of those teams who is so they're they've always been really good at at recruiting and finding that really good young talent i think they're i trust that they have done it once again with some of these young players i think fixa who was an uprising academy i didn't mention i've mentioned i'm in three and zest a bunch also really good pick pick up and signing for them um their one downfall could end up being some of these older players they've signed, like Aim God. Who knows? Maybe this is the year. I mean, they've a lot of people are obviously criticizing. They only have Fury. Like Fury's good, but can they go with only him? Do they need another tank? Um, maybe those those ones are a little more questionable for me. So I'll go with Joe. I'll give him a solid B as well because I. I, I it's hard to deny. I do think these young this young talent is going to be good. But I do think there's some holes, and I do think they could have still just hung on to some of that really good talent they had from before. That they had a bunch of talent that clearly, you know, is still good, uh, is still worth signing. Everyone is still signing them, um, and that some of them still have great minds, obviously, because we got Toby in there who's who's become a coach and rascal as well. So, yeah. Uh, sad that Fusion had to let some of those those go, but I do think they I do think they've replaced them with some good talent. Um, all right, and then last but not least, of course, we'll talk about Overwatch 2 5v5. Um, I, I don't have much to say about this team in 5v5, so I'll just quickly mention, I think I think they're set up to be good. As I mentioned earlier, Fury is probably the most flexible tank you could have to solo tank here. Um, and yeah, I think they cover they cover everything. Like I, the, the three DPS basically cover almost every hero. Um, you got you know, a flex support and a main support, and uh, Fury, who's one of the most flexible flex tanks ever. So, look good to me, Joe. How about you? <laughs> yeah, I think that's a you know uh, a quick and dirty assessment there, but but definitely um, right where right where I think they are too, and just in terms of uh, being um, like I mentioned, you know, doing the best with what they got. Um, but uh, they've got the the good mix of experience uh, and of um, uh, new new talent that hopefully they're able to um, to refine well. Um, so, so yeah, I think that's that's definitely accurate. All right, sweet Philly Fusion. 
excited excited to see what they can do with this new talent, new coaching squad. Um, but yeah, let's move on to back to NA here uh, with our first of our two NA teams we're previewing today, and both of them are pretty exciting. Honestly, pretty interesting. So I'm excited to talk about them. First one is uh, the Paris Eternal who last year had a surprisingly good year, at least in comparison to where everyone was predicting them, Joe. Um, and that was basically like the the worst, of, or one of the worst, if not the worst team in NA in the West. And they ended up right about in the middle, uh, finishing in eighth at eight and eight. And it was, they were like one of the better teams. It was a poor like ending that really got them here to eighth. Um, but they turned some heads, and they they looked pretty good, finishing eight and eight, finishing eighth, lots of eights, um, and then finishing twelfth overall in the league. Um, and then, as far as this off season goes, uh, they kept a lot of those players that were helping them a good amount in uh, Naga, Don, and Khan, um, and then uh, as well as Dredro, of course, who was picked up uh, in May last year and did pretty well. And then they added uh, two players to, to help out. Oh, I guess Festola was on the team, too. Yeah, so they re-picked up Festola, right? That's right, yeah. Yeah, they re-picked up Festola as well. And then they added Glister, uh, who, of course, is uh, a great um, DPS talent, was on London Spitfire, then the Shock, and now the Paris Eternal. Uh, unfortunately, they did lose some players in Suna uh, and Oni God. Um, I was going to say Vestola, but they got it back. They got Vestola back. Um, so this is mostly a, mostly the same team here, Joe. Um, out of those players I, I named off, their, their six-player roster, who are you most looking forward to watching? Yeah, that's an excellent question. Uh, <laughs> diving back in, I think. Um, in uh, A lot of this, my, my initial thoughts is uh, with Glister. Uh, to see him, you know, obviously um, coming in, uh, finding a, a new home here with Paris Eternal um, <laughs> after um, having gone all all over the league, literally, um, you know, from from London to San Francisco, um, and now here, I think he's he's never been um, never been bad, never been disappointing, uh, but I think here. Um, uh, if if at all through his career he's not had to be clutch, I think um, I, I think this is the team for whom he has to be clutch, uh, which of course is is saying something because um, I think he's because he's definitely been important to, to all these other teams in in the past. Um, um, but yeah, that's that's definitely going to be one of the spots my my eye is on uh, uh, for this off season or for this regular season. Yeah, I, I think that's. Absolutely fair. I'll I'll put my eyes on Naga, who, as you mentioned, clutch. Naga was very much forced to be clutch at times for this Paris Eternal team, in order for them to thrive. Um, I'll I'll take my eyes on him when you know you you've got your eyes on Glister, and I think the entire league's probably got their eyes on Glister, Joe, which I think is really good for someone like Naga. If if the eyes aren't on him. I think he can sort of secretly carry in the background almost, you know? Um, all the pressure's off him. He has a really good DPS partner this year who's, who's going to help him a ton. I mean, last year he had Suna and Onigod, obviously. Um, I don't think they were... <laughs> they're good players. I don't think they were the best players on this team at all. I think they were good drops by the Paris Eternal. It was really Naga who was 
a hard carry of this team last year. So having him having Glister, I still have my eyes on him because I want to see what he can do now that he's got like a very competent DPS partner. Um, it, it should be super exciting to see what he can do. All right, T performance show. How do we think they're going to do this year in comparison to last year? Uh, and last year it was a it was a great year in comparison to their preseason expectations. Going eight and eight, uh, doing well, making the plans, um, not doing the best in those plans, but they were there um, and they did well. And that 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 is a plus for a team of Europeans that no one thought was going to do great. Um, so. Yeah, what? How do you think this Paris team is going to perform this year, Joe? Excuse me. Um, yeah, it, it, Paris, and it's interesting because I was, as you were sort of laying this out, I was thinking about um, last season when, when there were a lot of comparisons between um, the Paris total roster and of the London Spitfire, uh, both you know in terms of. Um, geographically but also in terms of roster makeup uh, you know with, with uh, going with European players and all this kind of stuff um, and and uh, through uh, uh, through that season I, I was I was um, tending to lean a little bit more towards uh, Paris as far as that goes uh, through through some of this performance but honestly um, uh, in, in the context of that comparison um, in this this off season and these rosters, I I, I think I like London uh, a little bit more uh, in the head to head uh, as far as that goes with the again with the roster that they have put together. Um, there are definitely bright spots here for Paris, um, but it's um, the the question that's always exists about how um, how how teams are going to fare when everybody else is able to upgrade around them. Um, is really is really the key, uh, and definitely, I'm not going to say that Paris hasn't made any upgrades, but um, it's, it's definitely not um, in the the same uh, perspective as we've seen some of these other uh, some of these other teams in North America, and will continue, you know, particularly um, later in as we closer to the season and start talking about other teams that um, that have really made uh, these kinds of big steps. I, I don't know how. Um, uh, competitive is going to end up being um, for for parents, unfortunately, and not like that they're going to you know get crushed all the time. But um, in terms of like being competitive at the top of of North America, I think that's going to be uh, tricky potentially. Yeah, definitely. I, I I kind of agree with you, and it's I don't know. It's definitely harder to be excited about this team because it's not new and shiny, right? And it's not like this team was like dominant uh, in last year. They were good. They weren't insanely good. They weren't dominating. They weren't. They they never. It never seemed though. Though they can compete with top teams, it never seemed like they could be one. So I think that is definitely part of why probably both of us are not as excited about this team as some in comparison to someone like the London Spitfire who got a new roster with some exciting new names. And you're like, ooh, how will these players do? It feels like we already know the potential of most of these players on the Paris Eternal. And in Overwatch League, it just doesn't happen often where, you know, a team a team that stays the same sort of outperforms themselves the next year or, like, just gets better. Um, it feels like they stay around the same, to be honest, or they even get worse because everyone around them is still building with the newest and best players. So that could definitely hurt the Paris Eternal, I think. Um, 
I, I still trust Avala as a GM who put out, of course, that amazing Paris Eternal team two years prior, who is now the Dallas Fuel. And, uh, of course, honestly, in a year where everyone thought, oh, this team is just tanked and doesn't want to try anymore, they absolutely did try, and they absolutely look great. So I trust Avala that this, these players are still motivated to be good and still have the chance to compete. So I would say they're probably going to be about the same uh, but wouldn't be surprised if they're a little bit worse. So I don't think this team is top tier or has any chance to get there. But yeah, I think they're still competitive. They're still good. And these players are, yeah, st- still as good as they're going to be last year for sure. Uh, okay. As far as an offseason grade goes then, Joe, uh, as I mentioned before, they pretty much just kept everyone only dropped their two DPS players in Suna. Um, and they added Glister to replace them. Arsuna and um, Oni got, of course, and got Glister to to replace him. Um, I think they also made a coaching change, right? Maybe? No. No, because they had J-Mac last year. So, yeah, no. Everything's basically the same. They added an assistant coach in Mobuji, I think. Mabugi. Um, And, yeah, that's pretty much uh, all they did. They didn't do much, right, Joe? So... Was that smart? What, what grade would you give him for, for not doing much, I guess? <laughs> yeah, um, I think uh, long-time long or even medium-time listeners to the podcast will know that's, that doesn't earn you lots of points. Um, <laughs> at least, you know, in my head as I'm, as I'm going through these. Uh, uh, yeah, sh- sure, you're leaning, on, uh, you're leaning on players who've treated you well in the past, uh, you know, in terms of looking, looking decent as far as that goes, but... Um, uh, but yeah, definitely not um, uh, not a lot of upgrades we talked about. Not a lot of um, uh, adapt adaptation really is I think is is fair to say to what we assume is going to be a pretty different looking game. Um, so that's that's a concern. Um, it's it's not enough to you know fail them or anything. But um, I, I don't think they're getting much higher than like a C. I think um, here for for Paris this off season. Yeah, dude. I honestly, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'll go C plus because I do think Glister is a significant upgrade from Onigata or Suna. So I will go C plus because I think the one move they did make was great, but they barely, they didn't make any other moves. So yeah, and it seemed like they kind of wanted to make other moves too, and then they just gave up and they're like, okay, let's just restock Vistola because they were gonna, you know, they wanted to to sign someone to replace Vistola, who uh, came to this team late last year as well, get a, get another off tank player. But yeah, I guess that just didn't work out, and they were like, yeah, we'll just go with them again. Uh, and to so, be fair, Vistola is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, you still got your strong points here. Naga, Vistola, I mean, Don Khan both look great at points. Dredro, of course, looked looked good for someone who had to step in and replace someone at the last second. So, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to get mad at them for doing nothing, I guess. But you know, I I think they maybe got too caught up in like, ooh, we did better than we thought we would. That means all these players are good enough to keep, right? Where, you know, Aiden 8 is still... Is that really where you want to be again, though? Like, do you, do you trust these players to get you a better record than that? A better record than 500? Because I don't know if you can. So that's 
that's really the question with them. Um, okay, but this is this this is a big question here, Joe. Maybe there's something we haven't been considering, and that is that five v five aspect. That is Overwatch two, because that is a big change. Maybe these players can be better than that five hundred team last year uh, because of five v five. As we've mentioned tons of time on this podcast before, or when we've been previewing these teams, we both believe Overwatch two will be way better for DPS who have have had to carry in the past and that is what naga had to do glister had to do that with that london spitfire team he was on as well so uh both of those guys should benefit for 5v5 right like what how do you think this team can do in 5v5 is that where they take advantage of this roster joe yeah i think i uh uh maybe alluded to it a little bit in uh some of my previous comments um (laughs) about this roster because yeah i think they're uh, there were definitely definitely um, uh, definitely bright spots on the roster, and definitely bright spots that can be leaned into um, as we get into five v five. Absolutely, I think um, I, I think the the trick for Paris and the sticking point here in my head uh, is that um, with with a game and like I said, I, I already sort of mentioned it. That's going to be uh, as as significantly different as we anticipate uh, Overwatch Two is going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be difficult to continue with, um, you know, a lot of the sameness um, and and similar similar looking roster and similar fielding roster um, to what a team has has done in the past, just because you know statistically um, whatever's been the same is probably not going to work anymore, um, and and so that's. Um, that's that's my big concern with five v five when we when we're talking about this roster in particular. I think. Yeah, uh, I would agree. I I do think you know these are all some Overwatch one players. Maybe maybe they make some mid season pickups. They get someone get some new talent. But yeah, I, I I do. I don't think this team is gonna like thrive an extra amount in comparison to other teams in five v five or anything like that. I do think they've got some good players who are obviously. They still like the game of Overwatch and probably want to be good at Overwatch too. So they probably will be. Uh, like I mentioned before, I do think this does benefit players like Naga and Glister, who are so good at carrying and so good at carry performances. Um, it might clash a little bit because they both want to carry at the same time. Who knows? Or maybe that's just that's the key: two carries at once. Um, but yeah, I I can't see five v five being that big of a benefit for Paris. Um, but yeah, that's it for Paris. We'll let you know, I guess, what we think about them in our power rankings later. Um, but let's move on to Toronto, who I think, out of the NA teams, had one of the most interesting off-seasons by far, Joe. And it's mainly because this team, year after year, came out with such a mid-budget roster of just old players who we all knew the names of that had like just come off their... Like, one of their worst years to be honest that's that's what toronto was you know they just picked up a bunch of big names who were on the way out um and and this was sort of the team where players retired or the team where players this was their last year um but this year they 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 went a completely different route joe and it seemed like they actually had money to spend which is crazy um, the, uh, the GM found their online banking password. Yeah, they finally were like, nuts. oh, oh, we have money now. We did it. Um, absolutely crazy. Uh, but yeah, this this offseason, they rightfully 
once again gutted their team like they have done every year, but they have created a team that I don't that I think in future years you might not need to gut. Um, so they kept two players, um, or they kept one player, sorry, in uh, Hisu, and then uh, they got a bunch of big big names here, Joe, that I'll read right now. Uh, specifically, you might remember these names like Hotba. Now Twilight, insanely memorable name. Muse, who was uh, one of the best rookies last year in the LA Gladiators, just kind of threw him to the side, and he went to Toronto. And then you've got uh, three players who you, people might not recognize as well because they're all Contenders players. But if you watch Contenders, you will definitely recognize them because they're all uh, highly sought-out talent this offseason. Uh, you got Cho Rong. Uh, who played? Who is a uh, main support player who played for Talon Esports most recently? You got Finale, who played for Uprising Academy, who of course has been that number two in NA for a while now. And then you got Although, who used to play for O2 Blast most recently, uh, and actually was on the London Spitfire in 2020 as well. Uh, he's a DPS player. Um, all right, so you got a solid seven there, Joe. Um, which one of these seven players are you most looking forward to watching this year? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, um, uh, the, it, again, people <clears throat> who are familiar with the show know that uh, I, I tend to, to default in a, in a situation like this where there's there's lots to think about and there's lots of uh, lots of positives to highlight. I think my my default uh, often tends to go to the tank role. Um, and here, when, when we're looking at the combo of uh, Hotba and Muse, I think both of them um, are, are have the ability to be super strong. And both of them um, definitely were notably, um, uh, you know, notably lost um, a notable drop. That's what I'm trying to say from the teams that they had. Um, and and yeah, so being able to have number one the flexibility of two tanks that not every uh, not every roster we know is going for, um, and combine that with uh, you know two tanks of, of this uh, uh, this this quality and this sort of underused um, uh, maybe in the past kind of situation. I think that's um, those are both really exciting elements to uh, be looking for. Yeah, I agree. Going to be great to see. Um, I'm excited to see Hisu on a roster that I think has talent to have a peak similar to what that Fusion roster he was on had. You know, back in 2020, we mentioned the Fusion roster from 2020 earlier today. I think it's very fitting in the same show. We'll talk about Hisu and this Toronto roster because I think Hisu was very good in his rookie year on that Fusion roster last year. Not as exciting but he was not on a good roster last year, unfortunately. I'm excited to see what he can do with talent around him. Um, and who knows, maybe Finale and Although, who are pretty talented players coming out of contenders, uh, make it so Hisu never plays, but I doubt it. Uh, Toronto likes Hisu. I still like Hisu. I thought he still did pretty well. And also Finale and Although have very similar hero pools, so they, they're definitely going to be using Hisu. Um, so... Yeah, I'm excited to see Hisu and see if he can thrive as well as he did in his first year when he had a more talented roster around him. Um, all right, team performance. I mean, this is a brand new Toronto team, so it's hard to compare them to last year. Um, but last year, Toronto did not do too hot. Uh, Toronto ended up uh, going, I mean, they went 9-7. and seven. 
um, which is honestly one of the better years here um, in the in the entire grand scheme of things. Um, they weren't able to sort of ever beat those top teams, but they were pretty consistently beating those those lower tier teams. Uh, had a really good performance against Boston there in the play-ins. Uh, unfortunately, couldn't make it to playoffs though. Uh, ended up going nine and seven, which is a positive record for sure. Seventh, eleventh overall. That's pretty good. But Toronto's looking for a roster, you know, Joe, to push them into that top ten, to push them into that top tier. Is this the year, Joe? Do they perform better than last year? That's an excellent question, and I think, um, I think the potential is definitely there. Um, like we said, this is uh, one of one of the the best um, looks that Toronto's shown us in a while. Um, and um, at the same time, you know, this is uh, also definitely a team that's um, has a history of, of looking nice and then maybe, you know, not quite uh, uh, performing up to it necessarily. Um, I'm trying to think of which roster specifically I'm thinking of. Maybe uh, maybe it was 2020. Honestly, yeah, it was, that. it was 2020 where they had like Kariv, right? They had Agilities. They picked up a bunch of older players who just it ended up being like their last year uh well Kariv's still in the league obviously but I think his his last good year was before the Toronto Defiant so yeah uh that's you know makes makes me think of there but at the same time yeah that um clearly that's not the the impetus behind um the roster construction that they're looking at now um and again we haven't uh we haven't yet gotten to uh some of the really big um some of the really big teams in North America, the the ones you're really gonna have to look at, look out for as far as that goes. But, um, uh, but I think Toronto definitely uh, is is um, uh, definitely sticks out among the teams we've looked at so far, um, at a minimum. Um, and and you know beyond that, um, yeah, it definitely has some some potential to hang. I would say. Yeah, I'd say not to like spoil our team previews of the teams that finished above them, but if you look at the teams directly above them, Washington Justice, Houston Outlaws, um, who both had like not the most impressive off seasons. Like I think it's you could easily see them jumping two teams like that, right? I, I think they could easily be more competitive with teams like that, um, especially with the talent on this roster. No doubt. I think this is my favorite iteration so far of the Toronto Defined. I mean, this could be the same. Also, I want to like they went nine and seven. They didn't do bad last year, right? I feel like I talked better about Eternals last season than I did than than I did for Toronto, who ended up being better than Paris, right? Um, Toronto still had uh, it's just Toronto had higher expectations, almost right. They had the the talent there where Paris didn't. Um, and this year, that the expectations are once again, I think, high for Toronto, and that could end up. It could end up happening again, where it, where they just end up not being great. But I, I just can't see that happening. I think they have too many younger uh, players here. Um, you know, it's not the only two really old players they have are Twilight and Hoppa. And Hoppa, you know, he's not the best player, but he's going to get the job done, especially in like five v five. He's very flexible, right? Um, and you don't need to depend on him all the time. If he's not doing well, you put Muse in, who is extremely flexible main tank. Uh, and then Twilight, who's, you know, he's definitely an older player, but I think he's still good. I think he's still got the talent. Um, and then, uh, yeah, he's who's getting older, stuff like that. But, you know, you still got these old... This is one of the younger rosters Toronto's sort of fielding here. I don't think these are the old players who are about to retire team. 
Um, I, or I, you know, I think I think this could be a good Toronto team. I really do think they could do better than last year. Um, I, I'll, I'll predict that that they do do better. Um, all right, let's let's give them an offseason grade then. Um, so they they decided to get this team once again. I, I'm curious what you think about that, Joe. Was that the right move? And then you know they picked up some great players and some top uh, some top contenders talent, no doubt. Uh, and then as far as coaching goes, we haven't mentioned that yet. Uh, they kept KDG, uh, who of course was a former Philly Fusion coach that they got uh, for the 2021 season last year. They kept uh, Yang Wan, who they also got for the 2021 season, and they have now added um, Moby Dick, uh, who also used to be with the Philly Fusion. So they've added. So they're just kind of picking up some more scraps from the Philly Fusion as well. Um, who, uh, especially Moby Dick, who has worked with someone like Hisu before, obviously, uh, and Hotpa, right? So uh, good, good to get these uh, coaches who know who know the players. Uh, but yeah, anyway, Joe, what do you off season great? What would you, what would you give the Toronto Defiant? Yeah, that's uh, definitely yeah, uh, definitely a good question. I think um, they're uh, the best looking team that we've seen so far. Um, uh, this week, I think it's fair to say, uh, uh, even uh, potentially over Philly, um, it, you know, edging them out in terms of um, in terms of this roster construction. But and again, we, we you just highlighted how um, uh, literally similar in in origin some of these um, uh, you know player and, and coaching connections really are anyway between the two teams. Um, um, but yeah, definitely looking good as far as that goes. I think uh, as far as a grade goes, um, uh, they they've got they've got to bear it out. They've got to you know um, keep the faith and and uh, uh, prove us correct. But I think they they've got the potential yet yeah, to um, to take another solid B. I think uh, as far as the soft season goes, um, and and hopefully uh, hopefully some improvements once the season starts. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'll go. I'll give them an A minus. I like this, and it's just because I think this is my favorite iteration of the Toronto Defiant. This is my favorite off season they've ever had. Um, before, I've just always been down on their off seasons. I've always thought like, yeah, they've. I think they did pick up the best players here and there. And this year, I can't complain that much. So maybe I'm going a little bit overboard with my A minus. But I think this is just the first season where I'm actually excited to watch the Toronto Defiant, and I, I'm wishing for their success because I, I do think this was a a, a good rebuild this year for them. Um, all right, how about five v five, Joe? How do you think this team fares in five v five? Yeah, um, and again, I, I touched on this a little bit already, but I think um, the value of um, having two tank players um, that's um, and I, I believe. Uh, is that unique of the teams we've seen today, or does Paris also have two tanks? Um, yeah, no, Paris also has two. Con okay. and, or no, Don and uh, someone else. I can't remember. Vestola. Vestola, yeah, yeah Vestola. Um, yeah, so so that's something there. But um, uh, yeah, having, having uh, the flexibility in the tank role, having... Um, um, not only you know your your star Hisu, but but some um, uh, backups for him, and, and not just backups, but you know to to work with him and grow alongside him. Um, uh, those, those are definitely good things. And as difficult as it still is um, to really make um, 
uh, to really make predictions about five v five, you know, we, we don't uh, really see how how the gang how the game is is shaping out quite yet, um, and won't for another couple weeks until that beta drops. But um, but but it's uh, I don't see um, I, I don't see uh, glaring issues at this point, and I don't think either of us has really mentioned Twilight at all. Twilight is on this team, <laughs> um, and he's yeah. a really good sword player. Um, and that's valid too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Gotta mention that. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think this team looks. I mean, we're always gonna praise these teams that have uh, seven players or or more. Like obviously, when they cover, you know, the two support, two tank, three DPS. A lot of teams going for three support is even better. But I think they're fine with two support and Chorong and Twilight, who are two great players, great talents. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this team in 5v5. I'm excited to see what they can do, no doubt. Um, but yeah, that's that's it for our team previews today, and that's it for our episode, Joe. So, anything else to say before I sign off? Um, yeah, I think that's basically it. Obviously, the, the anniversary event's still going on, um, and it's just a little bit less than two weeks until, or a little bit over two weeks until... Uh, uh, the beta drops, which means it's a little bit over the more than three weeks until Overwatch League starts. Wow, we are getting there, which means we're very close to our power rankings. About three weeks from our power rankings. Very exciting. Um, all right, thank you all for listening. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow my Twitter at jwgeorgeiv and Joe's is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. That's I N C. Our show's Twitter is at On the Flank Show. You're listening to this in one way. If you want to listen to it in a different way. You can go to on-the-flank.pinecast.co. We're on iTunes, Apple, Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. Thank you all for listening. And start getting hyped because we're almost at that beta. <laughs>